Welcome back, everybody, for another very special episode of the Listen In Podcast. We are doing our top 100 favorite songs of the 2010s. Last week, we did our top albums of the 2010s. We are wrapping up the decade conversation this episode, and it's going to be a doozy. It really, really is. Um, So in terms of my approach to making this list, I have to say... I was a little less painstakingly careful about it. I think I had more fun making the songs list, much to my surprise. And we should let the listeners know, we set a parameter for ourselves of one song per artist, which I thought would be difficult to fill. It was hard to not fill it. It was hard to keep stuff out. Spot on. The one song per artist was weirdly freeing in a way. Very. Because, look, I think anyone who listened to our albums podcast would know there was a high concentration of Frank Ocean, Kendrick Lamar, Kanye West, The National, National. et cetera, et cetera. There was probably 10 artists that defined our decade that had multiple entries in our albums list, where this time around, if we were to do it by what actually our favorite songs were, I think we'd end up with like maybe 50 artists represented maybe yeah and we'd have like probably not even six entries per artist or something i mean dude the truth is is like i was looking at frank ocean and like i have this playlist of just his singles yeah. from the last two years i would probably have all of them on my list exactly so i think in for the sake hey, look tracks are much harder to rank than albums are in my opinion i agree it kind of depends on the day kind of depends on your mood what you want to be listening to so i think Doing one entry per artist ends up being a lot more fun, ends up being a lot more representative. There's the opportunity to slip in some songs, some fun songs, you know, some pop hits in here, uh, some ones that we maybe didn't get a chance to talk about too much on the podcast. So I'm really excited to break these down yeah. and to see what you ended up picking. I think they're going to be pretty different. I think there's going to be a lot of surprises here. I'm so interested what your number one is, and I'm very interested in what I picked. I actually sort of don't can't believe I did. Mm, I have some surprises in my top ten, and here's the deal with the rankings here. It, it's not so much where I ranked the songs here. It's more just what made it into the top 100. I would say... My top 25 starts being more dialed in. Everything beyond that is kind of just like it could be in any order. So keep that in mind as I'm going through. I, I agree. Do you have honorable mentions? Because I have eight that I want to go through that are um, just honorable mentions. You know, I, I don't because my honorable mentions ended up being a, a separate playlist. So okay. I made a top 500 songs of the decade playlist where I did Very exhaustive. where I did multiple songs per artist, but I did limit it to five songs per artist. So I did basically like one for every hundred songs. So that was, if you want to find that going, catch, catch me on Spotify and follow that playlist. What are some of your honorable mentions? I have eight that I want to call out that all could have been in the top 100, but aren't. Um, I have I have Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. Hell yeah. Jepsen, uh, as an honorable mention. Shadow by Wild Nothing. Yes. 17 by Sharon Van Etten. Somehow didn't quite make the cut for me, which I feel like is probably sacrilegious. It I'll is on mine. Song is, but, but, so it's good. So it's represented. I have What's That Perfume, perfume That You Wear by Jens Lechtman. <laughs> yes. 953 by Black Midi. That made it on mine. As it should. And it would have been, it was my number 100. And the song that I picked for 100 is worse, but is on there for reasons okay. that are important to me. Uh, I've tightened up by the Black Keys because of Brothers. 
Um, yep. And this song was everywhere. It's almost like it's kind of a, a meme at this point. Yeah. Um, I have The View by Oso Oso and The Weekend by SZA. Very As nice. my honorable mention. Very, very nice. So do you want, Sean, to go through this? Um, do you want to go through this um, 10 for 10? Let's like do the same way time? we did the albums. Um, I will start this time okay. if you want. Okay. So starting with my number 100... Um, much like my albums list, Jake, I had Mount Erie slip in here at number 100 with Real Death, the opening track to A Crow Looked at Me. This song is absolutely devastating and I think made me cry, maybe. Um, Wouldn't be surprising. The line about him still getting mail for his dead wife and a few weeks after she dies getting the backpack for their daughter when she, for when she goes to school because she knew she wouldn't be around breaks me it is so fucking devastating so um that's my number 100 my number 99 um playboy cardi shooter okay okay (laughs) um so uh this one was almost black beetles by ray shrummerd but i ended up doing uh shooter it's just so catchy i anytime this song comes on i'm just like yeah i want to hear it Mm -hmm. so that ended up being my 99 um, 98, I have uh, JJ by Priests. Great line here. I thought I was a cowboy because I smoked reds. And she's kind of like yelling it. Um, it's really cool. Number 97, I have Wondering by Jushu. Uh, or Shushu. X-I-U. X-I-U. Yep. Uh, a really, strange Really, band. really catchy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but that song is incredibly catchy. Um, number 96, I have 212 by Azalea Banks. This almost didn't make it, but I revisited it. And so I remember when this came out in like 2014 or whatever, I heard it. I was like, that's interesting. Kind of never went back to it. Recently listened again and was like, oh no, that's so deserving of making it. 212, Azalea Banks. Number 95, I have Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee. This just missed mine. This song's too too catchy. It's so good. It's so catchy. It's addicting. Um, number 94, I have Telling Lies by the Menzingers. Nice. So I, I think this one really... I'm glad you did this one because I wanted to and I went it, another way. I, 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 I think this one really captures the feeling of growing up and out of your 20s in, in a really um, like poignant way. So that, that made it... My number 93 is The Less I Know The Better by Tame Impala. That was my one Tame Impala uh, representative here. Entrant. Number 92, I have Definite Darkness by Symbols Eat Guitars. Oh, okay. Um, this is one of the best oh, 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 oh's of any song <laughs> of this decade. And, and there, were mo- there were many. Because, like, look, I, I think... Any song that is like, hey, how can we just be by default catchy? Throw an O-O-O-O in there. You this one it. nails it, though. Um, and then my 91, I have Inspector Norse by Norwegian yes. electronic producer Todd Turley. I, I, I love that entrant. Um, was that number? That was 91. 91, okay. Yep. Um, number 100 for me, Main Street by Deer Tick. Yeah. Which was, so this is sort of like important to me personally because the first album I ever reviewed for the magazine when I was in college that I worked for was Dear Tick's Divine Providence. It's a weird album. It's like them trying to be like kind of hard rock. 
a lot of it doesn't work, but I listened to it so many times that I know this album like inside and out in a weird way that like no one should. <laughs> yeah. And, and Main Street's actually a really good song. Main Street bangs because doesn't it? Um, it's all Rolling Stone references. Yes, exactly. There's like three or four sick songs on this album. Miss K is a good one. Back to. Um, yeah. Clowning around. Clowning around is good. The bump is pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah some that are you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But lesser. that's gear tech for you. Yeah, uh, number 99, I have Spoon with Inside Out, nice. off of They Want My Soul. Number 98, I have Jenny Lewis, Red Bull and Hennessy. Number 97, Sin Triangle with by Sidney Gish. This one just missed mine. Yeah, this is on the top 500, though. Love, love, love this song. Number 96, Chum by Earl Sweatshirt. Yeah. Number 95, I have Phoebe Bridgers with Motion Sickness. Number 94, I have Danny Brown with Really Doe. Yes, more uh, on that later. Yeah, number 93... I have Travis Scott with Sicko Mode. 93, hell yeah. More, much more on that later. I bet. Number 92, I have Weezer with California Kids. Nice. Number 91, I have Kids See Ghosts with Feel the Love. That one just missed mine as well. That was that was an honorable mention. There's something about it's so explosive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> when Kanye's yelling over the drums. Man, that song goes. Okay. God. Um, okay, Not my number 90, I have Odessa by Caribou. Uh, this is from their 2010 offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 89, I have Another Girl by Jacques Green. 88, I have Love It If We Made It by the 1975. I feel like this became kind of an unofficial anthem for like the country and people over the last couple years. Okay. Like since it came out. Just kind of like, hey, I'd love it if we made it through yeah. like all the shit through that we're like going through right life. now. I have a different entry from 75. Nice. Uh, 87, I have Festival Song by Jeff Rosenstock. So I, I think this is an expert takedown of the hypocrisy of festival culture. And in a way, you know what I love about this is that we're all complicit in it, and he knows it too. He's like, I'm complicit in this. But it's all fucking bullshit. It's all hypocrisy. Uh, Festival song is my 87. My 86, I'm on one by DJ Khaled, Drake, Rick Ross, and Lil Wayne. This song really popularized the phrase, I'm on one. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Like, who is using that before this song came no out? No one, yeah, it's from the Fuck song. it, I'm on one. I think this is one of Drake's best hooks, too. It's great. Um, number 85, my Earl sweatshirt uh, is Fawcett from uh, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside. Whoa, okay, interesting pick. I like A that. A dark kind of like, yeah. but he, man, he goes. 84, I have Destroyed by Hippie Powers by Car Seat Headrest. So this ended up being my car seat pick for a few different reasons. One, the joke that you made <laughs> about because your mom's maiden name is Powers. Your middle name is Powers. And I just thought it'd be so funny if there was this character named Hippie Powers. Who destroyed Will Toledo. And um, what really did this for me was the last re-listen that I had where um, th- this song was like weirdly funny. Because there's this line where he goes, whatever happened to that cute little kid who loved the Beach Boys? And then he screams, um, like, I fucking killed him and got new glasses or something. Like, And then there's that line that echoes the first line, which is, um, shouldn't have had that last beer. Where he goes, shouldn't have had that last hit of DMT. <laughs> it's just like, whoa! Yeah, like things have gone. So, like, this song's funny. Yeah, like, really, very, really funny. funny. And it fucking rocks. Yeah, it does. So, that that's my number 84. 83, I have All Night by Beyonce. Okay. Now, I don't think this would be a popular pick for most people. Um, 
This ended up being by far my favorite song from Lemonade. It's towards the end. I don't know. I just, something about it. I always go back to, I'm it's always down hook. to listen to it. It has a great hook. It's very catchy yeah, in so a way that like a lot of Beyonce songs aren't, aren't in this way. It's a Beyonce song that doesn't sound anything like a Beyonce song. And I think that's why it made it onto my why list. Why you like it so yeah. much, yeah. Uh, my number 82 is Boyfriend by Best Coast. Nice. Uh, this the, one was in my... my the intro, the drum intro is the same intro that um, on... Uh, fuck. It's the opening track to... Another album. Dar- Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, right, um, right, right. I'm blanking on it right now. But anyways, it's the same drums there. Lame. 81, I have Blank Space by Taylor Swift. This is a perfect pop song. I have a different Taylor Swift song on I my list. I can't wait to see it. Blank Sp- I listened to this like a few times last week, and I was just like, wow. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, from my favorite Taylor Swift album, 1989. Anyways, what is your number 90? Number 90, I have Soccer Mommy with Your Dog. Yeah. Uh, number 89, I have uh, Manchester, New Hampshire local band, Happy Just to See You with My Best Friend. Uh, which I was in love with for this whole last six months. Uh, excellent song. Number 88, I have Arctic Monkeys with Hellcat, Spangled Sha-La-La-La is the one I put in. from Sing another fucking Sha-La-La-La. So good. Uh, from my favorite Arctic Monkeys album Hell of the yeah. last decade. Number 87, I have Joanna Newsom with Anecdotes. Which is an uh, excellent yep. opening track yep. that sets the mood perfectly. I think her voice is like never more beautiful yep. than on this song. There's a lot of Joanna Newsom songs out there. Uh, yeah, I, I have a different one. We'll get to that. Um, you know what's interesting? Before you go on, by the way, I didn't include an Arctic Monkeys or Beach House song. I basically couldn't pick. So I said, I'm putting them in my top 500. Dude, I, I'm not picking either. I'm happy to hear you say that because I realized literally as you were going through your first 10 that I forgot Arctic Monkeys and put that in just now. You know what's funny is I was this close to having Hellcat be my pick. And if I picked one, it would have been that. So I'm very glad it ended up on yours. That's the best. I was just like, you know what? There's too many good songs by them. I'm not putting one on. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think I think another obvious pick for them is like, do I want to know? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, knee socks. No. Um, okay. So uh, 86, <laughs> I have not. Julie Byrne with Sleepwalker. Oh. Uh, number 85, I have Blockbuster Night Part 1 by Run the Jewels. Run them jewels fast. Not that song. <laughs> this is this is like their sickest fucking beat. And yeah. this is when, like, if you were getting into Run the Jewels 2, this is the song I always looked forward to. It's the second track. It's where, like, both of their personalities really come through, LP and, um, and uh, Killer Mike. Excellent song. And, like, really just, like, heavy rapping ass rapping mm. on this song. Uh, 84, I have Bins by Solange. Man, this just missed mine. Number 83, I have Tiana Taylor with A Rose in Harlem. A Rose in Harlem. Boom, 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 boom. Great song. V- dude, such a hook. And it, like that hook alone yeah. is like the reason it's in my... Although like the verses are really catchy yeah. too. <laughs> that, that whole thing she does. <laughs> yes, yes, yep. Um, number 82, I have Jeff Rosenstock with 9 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I think the catchiest Jeff Rosenstock song, which just makes sense that it would be my number one, mm-hmm. uh, th- which is actually off of Post, which is right. I think is a, a lesser album yep. than um, than is Worry. Yep. And number 81, I have Tiny Moving Parts with Fair Trade. Interesting. This, a good song. This was a song that was um, 
on a split with Old Grey. That's right. And it was one. It's one of my like most listened to emo songs of the entire decade. Yeah. I listen to it so much. Love it. Um, Love it. Big emotional ending. That you know, a lot of these picks were basically like, which songs I just listened to a lot of. Me too. That's why. Yeah, that's you know? why it's on there. I don't even like Tiny Moving Parts right. that much. Uh, my number eighty. Crawlers Out by Purity Ring. Oh, nice. Okay. The opener from uh, whatever the fuck that Shrines. Shrines. Uh, didn't make it on my albums list. This song made it on my songs list, okay. though. 79, Sharon Van Etten. 17. Good. Uh, one of her best ever songs. Just the, when she really like goes for it vocally yep. towards the end. It I'm glad that gets made it. me. 78, Pienso en tu mira yes. by Rosalia. Yes. Great song. So catchy. 77, I have Call Your Girlfriend by Robin. Now, I saw a lot of lists that had either Call Your Girlfriend, Dancing on My Own, um, or even some from her her latest album that were very, very high on a bunch of decade lists. Yeah, I slightly prefer Call Your Girlfriend to Dancing on My Own. Uh, I wanted to include it here. Dancing on My Own was my nominee. It didn't make it. My number 76, I have Drew Barrymore by SZA. Yes. Am I woman enough for you, Jake? <laughs> uh, <laughs> number 75, I have Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridgers. I think this song has taken on um, even more meaning post the Ryan Adams kind of news concerning Phoebe Bridgers. It's a very good point. I faked every time, but that's all right because I don't feel much of anything. Like, that's a devastating line. Yikes. Uh, Tough look for... Not my guy. Yeah, not my guy, Ryan Adams. Fuck that dude. 74, I have Movies by Wiseblood nice. from 2019. I, my favorite, uh, I think, from Titanic Rising. Um, number 73, I have The Morning by The Weeknd. Yes, um, so this is, this is a radio show throwback to college. Mm-hmm. Contra um, radio. And this is pretty representative of actually an important time of my life that has kind of come and gone, but wanted to kind of shout it out here with that song. Yep. 72, I have Everything is Embarrassing by Sky Ferreira. Okay. 71, I have Leaving the City by Joanna Newsom. So, oh, I, love Leaving the City. I, I think this is maybe not her quote-unquote best. I think Anecdotes is an excellent pick. I think there's a number of songs you could have picked on Have One I On Me. I almost picked Sapacana Can. I, you know, I almost went with In California or something like Soft as Chalk or Black Birch or Baby Birch. Um, but... This is the one that got me into her music and yep. is maybe one of her most accessible. Yeah. Uh, and I think is the one to listen to. I actually think Divers is accessible. The out, Yeah, it is. And is like really... It's her least weird, maybe? Yeah, probably least That or Milk-Eyed Mender, I would say. But I think Divers is like actually... It's so good. I always forget is. how good it is. Uh, so yes. Um, 71, Leaving the City, Joanna Newsom. My number 80 is Touche Amore, New Halloween. Yeah, great song. Um, devastating really truly like if you want a, a good like cry a good emotional a sad album uh check out that touche mori album stage four 79 i have drake with hold on we're going home such a good pick i such love this pick. song it's my favorite side of drake yep singing drake yep a little bit more like very melodic i think this song is so catchy it reminds me of college it reminds yes. me of like so much nostalgia. There were so song. many Drake songs that we could have both gone with here. I have one coming higher on the list. Okay. Uh, but like that, that was one of my Drake honorable mention nominees. Uh, number 78, I have Mitski with Nobody. There's so nice. many songs you could pick with Mitski yep. that I was just like, I'm going to just go with. Later. I was like, I'm just going to go with the most obvious. Yes. What I think is the most obvious. Um, number 77, Drive by Truckers, Guns of Umpqua. Um, 
this is a really sad fucking song. The narrative of this is like loosely about a school shooting yeah. in some parts. And this is a song that more than almost any other is just about like a guy living life and trying to figure out like what that all means and what the meaninglessness is of 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 dying in a school shooting or dying anywhere. This was a nominee on mine. It just missed it. I'm so glad it made it on. This song's amazing. It, it makes me emotional every time. It's I think the high point of a very good album, American Band, uh, number seventy six, Beach House with Myth. Um, yes. Beach House and I have had a rocky relationship according to others according to me I like them <laughs> don't love them I really do love uh, this album Bloom and Myth is the opener it's my favorite Beach House song it always has so been. it's interesting I didn't include an Arctic Monkeys or a Beach House song but both of the ones that you included would have probably been mine as well so, so Jake big shout they're getting ripped 75 I have Rihanna with we found love. Yes, yes. This did not make it for me, but this is my favorite Rihanna song. I love it. So happy it made it. We found love. Fucking bang. Yes, it does, dude. <laughs> that whole part. And then it drops. The bam, 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 bam. Like, oh my god, that Calvin Harris. Beat. The drop in that song is Holy so fuck. good. Seventy-four. Paramore with "Ain't It Fun." This song also fucks and is a like. A true pop rock gem. 73, I have Pup with My Life Is Over and I Couldn't Be Happier, which was my favorite off The Dream Is Over. Nice. I don't think it's one that probably most people would pick. It maybe would be in their top three or four. That one aged very well for me. If um yeah, if I came home right now, what would I find out? Yeah. That book is so catchy. 72, I have Youth Lagoon with July. Yes, more on that later. Number 71, I knew there would be. And number 71, I have Boy Genius with Hand That Feeds. Nice, nice. A big thing with my... I have a lot of openers. A lot of yeah. album openers on my I list. I don't know if there's anyone I know more who is more affected by an album opener than, than Jake Deschutnier. They tend to be like some of my favorite I songs. Know. I know. Uh, my number 70, I have Courtney Barnett with Avant Gardner. Okay. I, I think her lyrics have never been better than on this song. The line where she's like having a panic attack or whatever... And she's like, the paramedic thinks I'm clever because I play guitar. I think she's clever because she stops people dying. Is so fucking funny. That's really good. And like, just so many good lines on that song. Um, 69, I have Alsatian Darn by Panda Bear from 2011's Tomboy. This song, just listen to that fucking song if you don't know what I'm talking about with Alsatian Darn. Uh, 68, I have Midnight City by M83. This song is so overplayed, so oversaturated at this point. But do you remember back to 2011? Oh, yeah. This song sounded like the motherfucking future it then. It so good. Like, so I think that like synth horn yeah. sound has been a little overdone at this point. Yeah. But at the time, it was like, I've never heard anything like this before. It's, it's great. Uh, 67, I have This Old House Is All I Have by Against All Logic. More on that later. 66, I have BTSTU parentheses edit by... A, Jay Paul. Oh, good. Okay. 65, I have Conceptual Romance by Jenny Aval. 64, I have Laura by Bat for Lashes. Nice. 63, 953 by Black Midi. Hell yeah. This song fucking bangs. Schlagenheim's a great album. Schlagenheim, however you pronounce it. 62, County Line by Cass McCombs. Ooh, cool. Okay. And then 61, I have New York by St. Vincent. I struggled over my St. Vincent pick. I almost did Strange Mercy from Strange Mercy. Um, at the end of the day, I think New York is just endlessly re-listenable and just an incredibly tight song about like 
growing up and looking at the area that you came from and being like, this isn't the same. Yeah, my my pick for her was New York. I don't think it made my list, um, uh, but it's an excellent song. Number 70 for me is somebody, somebody that I used to know by Gautier. Okay, this made it on my top 500. Yeah. This song... This song is a meme at this point. It is... I'm glad you didn't knock it for that. No, I love this song and I always did. It's really good. It's super melodic. It reminds me of fucking Sting. Yeah. It's and really like good. I just was always like, this is a time a song that got popular in a time period that made no sense for it to get no, popular. No. And I love it. I for feel that. like it's one of the last songs like it that can mm-hmm. do that. Where's our boy Gautier at these days? He is missing in action. Don't know. Number 69. Nice. Beach Fossils with Tangerine. Yeah. I have a Beach um, Fossils song coming. Yeah. Very, very catchy cut off of that album, Somersault. Yes. Can't believe I remembered that. Uh, number 68. I have Death Grips with Get Got. Yeah. Get, 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 got, 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 got. It, another opener, but I think I, it's my favorite song on this album. If I didn't pick this, I probably would have picked I've Seen Footage. Um, you are summing up my, like, this is coming on mine, and... Your take is exactly my take. Where I'm like, hey, it was almost. I've seen footage. I like get caught a little more. But it's get caught. <laughs> yep. It's get caught. Um, off the money store, which I think is their best album that I've heard. Number sixty-seven. I have Foxygen with San Francisco. Good pick. Not on Hang. Good pick. This is on the Ambassadors <laughs> of Peace and Love, or whatever the fuck it's yep. called. I think this is just a great I, little pop. From that song. one, I love on Blue Mountain. Okay, yep. Uh, number 66, I have Slide by Calvin Harris and Frank nice. Ocean. Um, which I'm counting is not a Frank Ocean song. It's a Calvin I Harris like that. song. I like that. I have some like that on here. Which is totally fair. Uh, I think this is a chill sort of uh, pop song that I, I really love. Number 65, I have The Hotel Year with Your Deep Rest. Nice. Number 64, Taylor Swift with I Knew You Were Trouble. That, that would have probably been my other pick if not for... Blank space. It's it's long been my favorite Taylor. Chubble, chubble, chubble. Hey. Um. It's yeah. It's excellent, and it I think has like one of her best choruses. Agreed. Um. Sixty three, Arcade Fire, Sprawl Part Two, Mountains Beyond Mountains. Um, it's coming on mine. The uh this album, The Suburbs, was always one that for some reason I think was a little lower for me than it was for a lot of other people. I still love it. This is my favorite song on it. Number sixty two, I've Big Thief with UFOF. More on that in the 29 pod, 2019 podcast, yep. I assume. Number 61, I have the Menzingers with Lookers. Yeah, okay. I ultimately between, went with Lookers. Yeah, it, it was between Telling Lies and Lookers for me. I'm glad Lookers made it on on for you. Okay, um, so kicking off my number 60, just so these next 10, these are all indie rock songs that I just listened to a fuck ton of and I loved. So I think if you if you look at these 10... You'd be like, well, you know, these aren't necessarily like anything special. They're pretty much meat and potatoes indie rock songs, but I loved every single one for different reasons. Yep. My number 60, I have Archie Marry Me by Always. Okay. 59, I have I Can Be Afraid of Anything by The World's Beautiful Place. More I'm on that later. To die. More on that later. 58, I have If This Tour Doesn't Kill You, I Will by Pup. This was the first song I heard by them and immediately was hooked. 57, I have French Press by Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever. Just missed my list. 56, I have Embody by Frankie Cosmos. 55, I have The Secret Spot by Oso Oso. Mm -hmm. 54, I have Face It by Beach Fossils. 53, I have Holy by Frightened Rabbit. 52, Two Deliverances by The Hotel Year. Oh, that's a good pick. 
And then 51, I have Full Control by Snail Mail. Nice. Pause. All right. So um, it's Thanksgiving, and we took a pause because there were, we, were, we were hosting people at my home, Sean. Uh, we yes. have nieces and nephews sleeping over tonight. Wow. This is very exciting. This is an adult this is sort, of a, shit. sort of a period for us. Yeah. Were you done with your 60 I, to 50? I was, yes. That was my 60 to 51. Okay. 60 for me, I have Laura by Bad for Lashes. Yeah. 59, I have Lord with Team. This is ultimately, I think, my favorite Lord song. Nice. Um, it's a good pick. Yeah. Number 58, and this is the closest we ranked anything to what each other had, is I put uh, I Can Be Afraid of Anything by The World's a Beautiful Place, wow. which you put at 59, I think. That's a, that's actually pretty cool. We're really, really close. Uh, 57, Sorority Noise, Rory Shield, the song that got me into them, another album opener. Number 56, I put Wasted Days by Cloud Nothings. Um, eight minutes long, I think just like a total jam. It was like my... I think it's like sort of the moment you can really feel that album mm-hmm. kicking into high gear. Uh, 55, I have Lotus Flower by Radiohead. I ultimately went with the King of Limbs song there. Nice. Number 54, I have Wise Blood with Every Day. Number 53, Caribou, Silver. That's the pick. This is just an absolute like yep. chill wave. If, it, if I didn't pick Odessa, I would have had Silver. An absolute chill wave like yes. type of song. Um uh, 52, I have All the Stars by SZA and Kendrick Lamar. Great pick. 51, Black Star by David Bowie. Mm, very nice. Kicking off the top 50 here, Jake, I also have Get Got by Death Grips. Um, I just didn't know rap could sound like this. This album scared me when I first heard it. Which is the highest compliment. Yeah, that's what they're going for. It should scare white kids in college in New Hampshire. Yeah. It should scare you. Yeah. My 49, this is my Radiohead pick, True Love Waits. Okay, that was originally my pick, and then I went with Lotus Absolutely Flower. devastating. Yeah. Um, 48, Push It T, If You Know You Know, Brick Layers and Ball Shorts, Jake. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, Hard Piano. You know, I, I reassessed, and I just was like, you know what? If You Know You Know is the song from that album. It's so good. Um, my 47, I have Your Graduation by Modern Baseball. This is just an apex of pop, punk, emo, whatever you want to call it. More this on this that is later. like a moment for us this decade. Yep. So it gets into my top 50. Um, number 46, I have Jay-Z and Kanye West with In Paris. Um, in reality, I could have gone with No Church in the Wild. I could have gone with Otis. Um those two songs don't exist on Spotify, unfortunately. Oh, that's crazy. Those are title-only songs. That's a damn shame. Which is very annoying because they're both awesome. But I went with In Paris here. So culturally relevant. I will never forget the parties where we played this nonstop. And I will never forget the viral moment where they were on the Watch the Throne tour. And they just played this song like on repeat. Like over and over and over again. in a row. Which is really, really funny. Hilarious. A great move. So many good lines there. 45, I have Slapstick by Foxing. Mm-hmm. Always vacations. 44, I have Heaven by The Walkman. 43, I have Hannah Hunt by Vampire Weekend. Nice, nice. 42, FKA Twigs. Two weeks. I ultimately oh. went with two weeks. I think that is her strongest track. Although I do think Magdalene is her best complete album. Okay, yep. Uh, I did agonize over a couple songs from Magdalene that could have made it on. I ended up ultimately leaving FKA Twigs off my list, which I, I feel sort of bad about, but that's that's the way it went. Take it up with her, Jake. Well, 
Maybe I will. And then number 41, I have Seasons Waiting on You by Future Islands. Okay, more on a few of those later nice. for me. okay. Number 50, I have Grizzly Bear yet again. I thought about doing Sleeping Ute, the first yeah. track on the album, but yet again is ultimately like the better, more complete song song. And I think it's more listenable to a wider range of people. 49, I have Alabama Shakes, Sounding Color. Great pick. Number 48 is where I put Midnight City by M83. <laughs> so good. <laughs> number 47, I have Ariel Pink with Put Your Number in My Phone. Yes, I have an Ariel Pink coming yep. higher. No, okay, very nice. Uh, number 46, I put Slapstick by Foxing. Whoa, that was one off. Yeah, we have a couple. We've had two that are one off. That are one off. Uh, number 45, I have Jamie XX with Gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think it's just my favorite, most quoted. I say, oh my gosh, like that. Yes. In context. Have you seen that music video? No. It's amazing. Is it? Dude, I, it's like, have you heard of the ghost cities in China? No. Okay, so like there's these ghost cities. They just built a bunch of fucking cities for people to live in that no one has actually moved into. And in some of them, they've done like, they've been like Eiffel Towers and like other things oh, that wow. are just sitting vacant in the middle of China. Interesting. The music video is shot there with like this big choreographed dance. It's super surreal and crazy. It very worth watching. I I say, "Oh my gosh," like that <laughs> like all the time, even yeah. in context where people don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh number 44, Your Graduation by Modern Baseball. I nice. think probably one of the most important like pop punk emo songs to me ever. Number 43, I have a personal favorite, um, Something Something, a local band, New Hampshire band with Molly. Yeah, um, that would have been my pick as well. Really important song to me, actually, um, and I think it's like excellent. I think it is Trent's best song that he's yeah. written, I mean, which and he has a lot, actually. It's saying a lot. Uh, number 42, Tyler, the Creator with Yonkers. Yonkers just missed mine. Great song. I've always loved that song. And I'm a fucking 41. walking paradox. No, I'm not. <laughs> so good. Uh, Tyler is like I don't know Tyler for me is very up and down very Same. very like I love a song I don't Same. like a song his mood's a little too much his mood's just right this is a song where he hits on every like all cylinders for me uh, number 41 Japan Droids with the house that heaven built more on that later uh, Num- yeah. uh, number 40 for me I have Pine Grove oh. with Angelina now here here's my pick there's multiple versions of this song out there. The first one that I got into was um, from uh, Everything So, so far. far. And then, of course, the more polished version ends up on Skylight. I think I technically like the more lo-fi version a little bit more. However... It's tough to say for me, honestly. It, it's, ve- it's very hard. Um, you know, I've seen this song live. I've heard it on multiple records at this point. This is really representative of... Like a a living, breathing song that I think this decade, we were introduced to this idea of more. Like you think about Life of Pablo. Pine Grove did a lot too. Pine Grove. You think about all these bands who are like, oh, I now have the ability to edit or change an album or a song or a version like at my whim basically. And I think this is really representative of that. And on top of it, it's just representative of, of like what I love about this band. So even though I maybe like a song like Darkness or even New Friends a little bit more, I went with Angelina just because it's so representative. I'm really, really glad you picked Angelina. It's, it's long been one of like my favorites by them. Another song they did that with that's another would probably be a top 10, top 15 Pine Grove song for me is Size of the Moon. They, yeah. they do the same yes. thing. 
Um, my number 39, I have The Drying of the Lawns by The Tallest Man Ooh, on Earth. So this pay. Interesting. This ended up being my tallest man pick. I could have very easily gone with The Wild Hunt. I could have gone with Love Is All. This song will always remind me of a conversation you and I had with big friend of the pod, Bill. Yes. Back in the day in your basement where he broke down the lyrics yeah, at length. And I, I remember in that moment feeling like very much like, yes, that's accurate. I, that's like I, what the I agree. Mean. And that's like why I put it on here. Nice. In I a love, way. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that, that ended up on it for me. Number 38, my Mitski rep is your best American girl okay. from Puberty 2. So that Puberty 2 did not make my albums list. I did have the tr- best track from it, in my opinion. It's how I got into Mitski as well. It was the first song I heard from her, which is a theme throughout here. A lot of these songs that I picked yeah. ended up being the first one that I heard from an artist. My number 37, I have Dance Yourself Clean by LCD Sound System. After that like minute, minute and a half intro when the beat drops, mm-hmm. whew, yeah, wow. I This was in my nominees list. Number 36. We're really starting to get into the, Dude, we're the in meat the, potatoes we're in now. The meat now yeah. um, Kendrick Lamar, Backseat Freestyle. Oh, man. This is the uh, one I went with. Man, I want to say something that I won't say. Okay. That relates to the movies podcast we just talked oh, about. Oh, boy. In Waves. I... Backstreet Freestyle is in waves, oh and it boy. made me love this song oh so boy. much more and remember how much I loved it when it came out. So I, I recently re-listened to this, and again, I think this is my first Kendrick song that I had heard, and it's just so indicative of everything I love about Kendrick. Yeah, the different characters. Uh, I, 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 had, I had to, I had to put it in. The voice changes, the speed changes, like everything he's doing in here. When he really goes in, we mentioned this There's, last week on the pod. It's so crazy. Um, such a great track. Uh, number thirty-five. I have "How Long Have You Known" by Dive. From you have that at thirty-five. Ocean. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, do you have another dive track at thirty-five? No, I have a dive track at 37, though. Interesting, interesting. So, yeah, that was my dive pick. Again, first song I heard by Dive. I just think this was so representative of the feeling that this band can create, the nostalgia of of when we got into this. Um, Number 34, I have Bay of Pigs, parentheses, Detail, by Destroyer. This is an 11-minute opus yes from dan behar uh the lyrics on here are unreal the melodies he's able to string together i have so a 12 impressive. minute song at 34 hell yeah we have wow, a lot of uh, a lot of similarities jake yeah number 33 my jamie xx pick is not from in color i have a guess of what it is it's far nearer i knew it yes i think um so this came out like 2011 or something and again this is the first jamie xx track i saw this ended up on one of those end of the year lists that we were talking about last week from like 2011, and I was just hooked. I, I think this does a lot of what Jamie XX is great at, um, and it really holds up over time as well. 32, I have "Doing It Right" by Daft Punk featuring oh. Panda Bear. Um, so that's me in a way cheating to get two Panda Bear songs on here because it's basically a Panda Bear song. He's the highlight of the song. Um, oh yeah, big time, big time. And then 31, Jake, I have Marvin's Room by Drake. I figured this would be the pick. This is Drake at his Drakeiest. Yeah, this yeah. is Drake wearing his heart on his sleeve. This is Drake before he turned into a full-blown meme mm-hmm. and like just this person to kind of hate and he, be like, oh, he's representative of like what's bad about rap. When Take Care came out, he was like the young upstart. He was shaking things up. He was. And there was no better example of that than Marvin's room. Like he did that whole thing where he like recorded 
one of his exes, like, an unsanctioned voicemail. It starts out this song. It's all about, like, like it's like late night drunk dials. Like, yes. he's really wearing his heart on his sleeve here. And I remember the first version of Take Care that I listened to, um, they've, they've since split it up on Spotify. But it had an outro. It had the um, Kendrick Lamar outro on it. And it was the first I ever heard Kendrick Lamar. So really important for that reason. And I was just like, whoa. Like, what he's doing with the two halves of this song are insane. Um, so Marvin's Room ends up as my number 31. Uh, number 40 for me is Adele with Rolling in the Deep. It's ultimately the song I picked by Adele. I love Adele. I, I mean, she has so many great songs. And this is the one where she really burst onto the scene in yep. a huge way. Unless you were like a huge Chasing Pavements fan from the album 19. Uh, number 39, I have Back Baby by Jessica Pratt. Mm, off great of, pick. Uh, her, uh, what was that album called? On Your Own Love Again. Uh, number 38, I have Total Football by Parquet Courts. Um, kicked off Wide Awake, my favorite Parquet Courts Just album. Just listen today. Uh, Holds up. I think it's going to be a classic, this yes. album. Number 37, Dive with How Long Have You Known. Hey. We were really, really close on wow. that one. Uh, number 36, I have Jessica Hoop with Pegasi. Yes. This is one that like really became important to me because I had a first wave of loving it, and then uh, Mary-Kate and I listened to it all the time. And so it's a song that I've heard constantly over the last three years. Number 35, I have Heaven by The Walkman. Nice. Uh, an album that I wish I could have represented on my albums list, but it's here on the songs list. Number 34, uh, the the twelve minute song I mentioned before, I put Siberian Breaks by MGMT. Yeah, whoa, this is your MGMT pick. Yes, wow, it is. I love this song, and I've listened to it so many times since this. I mean, I mean, we're talking about like basically ten full years of having this album. Yep. And this was my favorite song on it back then. It's my favorite song on it now. I just I think it takes like all kinds of interesting turns. Wow. I love the vibe. It has that, like that chill sort of Beach Boys sort of vibe going on. Um, Thirty three. I think you mentioned that you almost put this on yours. I have uh, Black Beatles by Ray Schremer. Black Beatles in the city. Yes, this is like my, uh, <laughs> probably my favorite like pop song or one of them. I love the Eurostep by a hater like I'm Rondo. Yeah, yeah, is that, who is that again? Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Gucci Mane. Is it Gucci, it's Gucci yeah, Mane? Yeah, it is. You're right, it is. Uh, number 32, I have Hookers by Tierra Wack. Nice. Off of Wack World. 31. I went with Wicked Games by The Weeknd. I'm glad that we represented Good both those. Those are the two Weeknd songs. The two House of Balloons yeah, songs you yeah. need to have. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do really like Often. Yep. Often, Often. Jake, I do this often. <laughs> That's not even my favorite off that album. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, on. it's catchy. It uh, okay. Into the top 30 now. Getting into some, some big ones. Uh, my number 30, I have Betsy on the Roof by Julia Holter. Nice. From Have You in My Wilderness. Uh, my number 29... I have Bite the Hand by Boy Genius. I almost went with me and my dog. But I weirdly figured, I was like, well, I already picked a Phoebe Bridgers song. There's no Lucy Dacus song on my list. I'm going to go with Bite the Hand. Those are basically like dead even for me. Do you have a uh, Julian Baker song? I do not. Neither do I. I do not. Which is sort of a surprise. Didn't make our album list. Didn't make our songs list. Kind of a... Maybe my least favorite of the three in Boy Genius at this point. Sort of a slump from Julian. Yeah. 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 Well, compared to the way she started off. Yep. Uh, Number 28, I have In a Blackout by Hamilton Lighthouser and Rostam. Oh, sweet. So this was our song of the year at the time. 
That's Do you right. remember that? Yes. Um, so it's it's slipped a little bit since then, but I, I the still... speeding yellow cab part. I still love the Leonard Cohen vibes here. Yeah. Um, so, so good. Number 27, I Have No Future, No Past by Cloud Nothings. Holy fuck. The way this song builds up, starts slow, but the way it builds, and then the way that the drums crash in... The Steve Albini production. And the whole thing crescendos up. and In album opener. There, this is true, like, power. Yeah, um, it really is. Generated from a band who's just, like, going for it. Yeah. Uh, 26, I have Holocene by Bonnie Vare. Really hard to pick a Bonnie Vare song. I ended up going with this one. Yeah, it, um, was, it was difficult. Although, I think I liked this song more five years ago. Yeah, I think I've fair. heard it too much, but I kind of had to include it here. Like five years ago, this probably would have been a top ten song. More on that later. Okay. Um, number 25, Jake, into the top 25, I have Big Thief with Not. Hell yeah. I think this is their best song. Uh, okay, this, this has been a take in the in the making Probably my favorite song of 2019. Wow. Um it was an amazing live experience to yeah, see this played live. Probably the best song they did live. Just like it lends so, itself to live. Really so well. much energy here. Um, I, I think very representative of that band. Twenty four. Here's a, here's a pick for you. Okay. Jake. Okay. Grimes. Yeah. Reality demo. Oh, more on this later. So, oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. So I ended up realizing, you know, like maybe it's a hot take alert. Whatever. No, I I think. This is the Grimes song I listened to the most, actually. It, yeah. And just connected to the most. I'm not going to say too much, but big shout to the friend of the pod, Josh, who said that it's his favorite song it of the just, decade. It just felt right. Yeah. It just felt right. Grimes, reality demo. 23, I have Best to You by Blood Orange. Twenty. Wait, where do you have that? 23. Me too. Yes, we got another one. I have that one at exactly Amazing. 23. Amazing stuff. Um, number 22, I have Chateau Lobby number four, parentheses in C for two virgins by okay. Father John Misty. It was so hard to pick just one Father John Misty song. I'm glad you picked that one because I picked another okay, one. Okay, it could have been any number from Honey Bear, could have been Hollywood Forever Cemetery. He was the, one of the artists I struggled with the most, actually. I, I really struggled with it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I, I think this song captures everything I love about Honey Bear, which is my number two album of the year, um, and just really encapsulates what I love about Father Of the John decade. Misty. Of the decade, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. And then my number 21, I have Clearing by Grouper. This song's beautiful. Nice. I, I, this is one of my most listened to songs like ever, actually, because okay. I always listen as I'm going to sleep. And it always ends up being the first song I put on because I'm always like, I want to hear Clearing. That is the situation with Siberian Breaks for me. By Makes MGMT, sense. Is okay. I put on that beginning of that song and the, I'm usually asleep before it's over. The, the power of a sleep song. Yes. Uh, number 30 for me, No Church in the Wild by Jay-Z and Kanye yes, West. Yes, love that pick. I'm glad that we represented both those songs because I considered putting it in Paris as well. Number 29, I have Fleet Foxes with 3rd of May, Odegai Hara. That's the Fleet Foxes pick. Whoa. That's the Fleet Foxes pick. I ultimately... Felt like, and I looked through the track list on um, Helplessness Blues, there's so many songs on that that wow. I love, but this is the one that was most powerful to me in the way that it picked back up from the previous album and kind of made a link there. That um, is very cool. And it just in how long this is, I think it's the most beautiful on that album. Amazing. Uh, it ended up being the Fleet Foxes pick. I was surprised too. Cool. Um, 28, Kurt Vile with Jesus Fever. Nice. 27, the 1975 with Chocolate. 
Hey, great song. Off their first great album. Song. This is honestly, this is what I wish the 1975 just still was. I like this better yeah. than their sound now. Personally, that's just me. 26, Daft Punk, Instant Crush, the Julian Casablanca that, song. That's the other one from that record. Yep. Um, number 25, Father John Misty, Bored in the USA. That was going to be my other pick. Really? That was going okay. to be that I struggled between Bored in the USA, Chateau, and Hollywood Forever. Looking through all these songs, there was a moment where I was going to pick um, Disappointing Diamonds. Yeah. There was a moment where I considered picking Total Entertainment Forever. Yep. I was thinking about Chateau Lobby. I had yep. Chateau Lobby written down, yep. and then I was like, "No, Bored in the USA is the one where I really felt nice. it first. Nice. Um, it. Number twenty-four, Purity Ring with Lofty Cries. Yeah, that's the other one. Yep. This was, I think, Fine Shrines is the third pick that you could have by them, mm-hmm. but Lofty Cries has always been my favorite um, from Shrines, and uh, I, I just think it like again, you said on the last podcast, like maybe this sound hasn't aged that well. It's been done to death. At the time, it hadn't. And right. At the time. Um, I think this song captured the mood of this kind of music better than almost any. Absolutely. 23, uh, Blood Orange, Best to You. Yeah. Same placement as you. Number 22, I have uh, Amen Dunes with Believe. More on that. Yep. Excellent song from a real real sort of sleeper album from last year. And number 21, I had uh, No Woman by Whitney. Nice. Very nice. We're into our top 20s here, man. We're, we we're... are into the top 20. And you know what I'm realizing? I mistakenly left off a Kurt Vile song. I meant to pick one and got confused and like thought I had already. Were you going to pick the one that's like, we run like chickens from the dickens? <laughs> Were you going to do that one? Oddly enough, I wasn't. Um, my picks were between Baby's Arms, um, Runner, Runner Ups, yep. and Waking on a Pretty Day. Oh, or pretty pimpin. All of those were considerations yep. for me. Ultimately, Jesus Fever. It, it's it's like the kind of the thing we talked about where where you were saying like a lot of your picks are the ones that really hooked you. That's yeah. the one that really got yeah, me. That 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 makes sense. Um, okay, into the top twenty. I have Sandy Alex G. Bobby. Oh, okay. Again, this was the first song I ever heard by Alex G. Um, it holds up. I saw them perform it live. Really got me then. I, this is one of my most listened to songs of the last of the second half of this decade. Um, so that's my pick, number twenty. I like it. Number I have a different Sandy LSG song. I'm excited to hear it. I think you know what it is. I think I do too. Number nineteen, I have Sprawl Two Mountains Beyond Mountains by Arcade Fire, my favorite from the suburbs. Eighteen, really dough. Danny Brown, Ooh, nice. featuring Kendrick Lamar, Absol, and Earl Sweatshirt. I'm glad that it got like repped a little higher than mine. So, ranking. you know, I had I'm on one earlier, which was Drake, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne. This is like the Thinking Man's I'm on one, except it's way better yep. than I'm on one. Um, Earl absolutely goes in on his verse; he crushes it. He is awesome. You just a mouse that the Falcon picked up. Dude, he has such a cool voice Dude. for. He's an all-time voice. Doesn't look like the way he oh, looks, no. guy, especially yep. early on. You know who else is like that? I find is is Beck. Spot on. Yeah, yep. totally agree. Uh, yeah, so really dope. Makes it at eighteen. My number seventeen, Helicopter by Deer Hunter. Okay. Um, more on that later. Wow, <laughs> that song is yeah. devastating. Especially once you know the subject matter. Yes, devastating subject matter. But it goes sixteen. Jubilee Street by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Whoa, interesting. Um, so this is from uh, Push the Sky Away, 2013 album. Um, have you heard this song? I don't know. It's I really don't know. fucking good. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. Good um, number 15, Carissa by Sun Kill Moon. This song has made me cry. We've talked about it before. Yep. It is on my um, list. You'll hear more about it. Representative of Benji. 
Number 14, Believe by Amen Dunes. Yes. One of my most listened to of last year. Um, I listened to it again last week, and I have like not gotten sick of this song. The whole sound he's going for here just is like so our sound. It's so great. It's, it's so good. It actually doesn't sound like a lot of other artists right now, though. No, it doesn't. The way, the way his no. voice sounds. It really doesn't. Number 13, Ariel Pink, Round and Round. Oh, wow. Okay. From the 2010 offering before today. Um, have you heard this song? Probably, but I You can't. will love this song. It is so, so catchy. Number 12, July, Youth Lagoon. This song has also made me cry at a certain point. The way it builds. So a lot of my songs, I noticed, build up to some sort of like crescendo yeah, or yeah. emotional peak or high. That's what July does. It starts out like barely audible. Yeah, yeah. It it's really does. basically whispering and then it really just like goes for it. And then number 11, I have Angel Olsen with Shut Up, Kiss Me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like an unassailable pick. It's yeah. not on my list, but I, it, it makes sense. It should be on one of ours. Uh, number 20, I have Pine Grove with Intrepid. Yeah. This was the Pine Grove pick for me. Yep. Um, just was one of those ones that got released as a single. I listened nonstop over and over and over and over again. Um, and it, it just seeped its way into mm. my brain. And I, I, of all the great Pine Grove songs there are, it's the one I picked. Number 19, I have Christmas Card by Joyce Manor. Yes, this this missed mine. This this was uh, an honorable mention, though. Love this song. It kicks off. Again, it's another opener. It kicks off what I think is the best Joyce Manor album, one of the best albums of the last 10 years. Uh, number 18, I have This Old House Is All I Have yeah. by Against All Logic. Uh, one of the coolest instrumental, experimental, sort of electronic songs um, that I can remember hearing. Number 17, Seasons Waiting on You by Future Islands. This was just a moment when yes, it happened. Yes, it was. It was. When, he, when, when they were on Letterman and he did the dance and like all our friends were talking about this song, all our friends were talking about this album. It's crossed lines in people who I know who listen to music. Like everyone I knew liked this on some level and that is not always the case. It's one of actually the last quote unquote monoculture songs in that rock. we... And you know, remember... At the start of the decade, Jake, it was very normal for our group of friends to all be listening to the same stuff. And you'd be at a party and you'd put on XYZ and everyone would be like, yeah, this is great. I think Seasons in Future Islands were one of the last examples of, of a, a band or an artist that we could all rally around. They were. Music taste really started to fracture after that. They totally did. They splintered. And like this album... I still love it. This song is, I think, by far the best on it. But there's Agreed. other great songs yep. on this, too. Future like, Islands, to me, in general, has not aged great. But no, I still neither. have a soft spot in my heart for Me them. neither, necessarily. But I, I, I actually still love this album. It's my favorite album by them. I like it better than any of those I other I like ones. An Evening Air the best. I think it's more consistent. I think the highs are higher on singles. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I, I never... I like An Evening Air. I, I like... Uh, what's the one? The Fall one? The... There's, a, there's another couple. That, oh, They all um, have similar names, those ones. Yeah, there's uh, On the Water yeah, on as the well. Water. Yeah. Whatever. I, singles is my favorite, uh, and Seasons is the number 17 pick. Number 16, I have Video Games by Lana Del Rey. More, more coming on that. Yeah. Um, hooked me from the second yeah. I heard it. Very important song to me. Number 15, I have Kendrick Lamar with Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Ooh. So... Based on some re-listens to Backstreet Freestyle, uh -huh. the other weekend I listened to the beginning of Good Kid, Mad City again, and I was remembering back in college when I got into this album and how much I loved this song. I originally had Humble in this spot, and it, I realized how good and complete a song Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe yeah. is and how it fits nicely into 
this album. I am a sinner. The production on it's great, and you yeah. get great um, hooky raps from yeah. Kendrick on this that are they're catchy. Is this the and they waiting on Kendrick like the first and the fifteenth? Yes. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yep. So I good. I can feel the changes like that whole yeah. that whole vibe oh, over the beat. Maybe I forget how good "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe" is. I always do, and that's why I put it on Damn. here. Good pick. Number fourteen, Sandy Alex G with Gretel. Yeah. Um, probably going to be my favorite song of the I year have to this say, year. seeing this performed live blew me the fuck away. I... They opened with it, and they were like cranked to 11, and they just crashed in with Gretel. And You know those moments where a band starts playing, and you're legitimately just like, wow. wait a minute. They're... Bowled over. My jaw was open. I was like, I just, oh. That's awesome. Yeah. I love to hear that. This is uh, probably my favorite song of the year. Number 13, Vampire Weekend with Step. Yes. Um, love this song. I remember getting into it and hearing the stories about how it called upon and referenced rap songs, the Souls of Mischief song, mm. um, Step to My Girl, all the references that are built in there. I think Ezra's at his lyrical best on this song. I think it's one of their catchiest, has like maybe their best chorus in my personal yeah. opinion, which is that saying a lot for Vampire Weekend. Um, number 12, I have Tame Impala with Feels Like We Only Go Backwards. Good pick. Um yeah, just like a a total. It's this is such my shit right here. Oh yeah, it's so. It sounds like John Lennon singing, <laughs> a, like a, a like a song that is yeah. like if they didn't release a song from 1967 and they re-recorded it with today's production, this it was always gonna hook me and immediately did. Number eleven, The Strokes, Under Cover of Darkness. Whoa! I figured this would be a surprise. Oh man, you know what? I forgot to put that on my top 500. It needs to go on. It's so good, dude. It's so good. And it's like, yeah, Angles is meh. It's a decent album. There's a couple other good songs. This is up there with their best songs. In yeah, my no, it is. It is. Period. I forgot. I forgot about this, this song. This is like what, if this whole album was like this, it yeah. would be up there for their best album. Like this song is so good. The dueling guitars, the harmonized riffs that they're playing with the bends. Oh, man. Julius, Julian sounds excellent on the song, too. Damn. So, okay, top 10 after this. Top 10. You want to go back and forth here? We'll yeah. go one for one? Yeah, All yeah right. you go first. Coming into my number 10, it was our song of 2017, Thinking of a Place by The War on Drugs. Okay. What a run we had with this song. It was out as a single for what felt like two years before we actually got the album. We, yeah. We, I had listened to this like 50 times before the album even came out. And oh, by the way, it's like 11 minutes long. It's it's so long. It's so it doesn't good. feel like it, though. I'm glad to hear that's on your list. That's number 10 for me. Any War on Drugs for you? Um, Maybe. We'll see. Okay. okay, um, okay. Number number 10. Bonnie Vare, Holocene. <laughs> number 10, War on Drugs. Thank you, a place. <laughs> it is not my number 10. Uh, Bonnie Vare, Holocene is number 10. Nice. For me. Uh, you said it was tough to rank. I, they, he, Bonnie Vare was sort of like Father John Misty, where it's yeah. really hard to pick a song. Very. I, it, I almost it, went with Perth. I almost went with a number of one, of songs, yeah. Perth is like the more me pick to do. Yeah. I think Holocene's the better song. I think it's the more universally loved one. And I think I actually think it's the beauty of this song that has appreciated with time yep. um, for me a little bit. So what's your number nine? Love it. My number nine, Blood Buzz Ohio by The National. Ooh. So again, this is coming back to a theme on my list where I went with songs that are more representative of a band. So yeah, yeah. while this might not be even my... Weirdly, it might not be my favorite from High Violet or my favorite National song, yep. but it felt like the National song that I had to pick for this decade because it's one of the most national songs yeah you know and i can always listen to it whenever it comes on i'm like yeah i want to listen to blood buzz 
where maybe that doesn't happen with songs I technically like better by them. The way the drums sound in this song is so incredible. And it, it, yeah, and it just does everything they do well, spot on. Like, I think my favorite Nashville song might be Don't Swallow the Cap, okay. which yeah, that's what we picked when we did our national top songs breakdown. Um, but yeah, I just I felt like I had to go with Blood Buzz Ohio here. I, I'm glad to hear that. Number nine, Sun Kill Moon, Carissa. Benji is the, one of the most heartbreaking albums, one of the most interesting storytelling albums I've ever heard. Carissa is, I think, my, the best song on it. The guitars on it sound so cool. They're so deeply tuned. Mm. His voice sounds great. Um, and it's just like a really, one of his, I think it is his best done story song yeah. and one of his most heartbreaking. And it just, it talks about what it's like to be a human adult with a family who you probably don't see as much as you should. Yes. Uh, but shit happens to them, shit happens to you, and then you meet up at different points in life, and it's like, hey, like, how you doing again? Like, I re-listened to this song the other night, um, and what struck me this time around was this idea that he is making this song for her because he's the only one who can turn her life into poetry in a way yeah. that I think without saying it, he's like, your life was maybe sort of meaningless in a blip on the radar, but now people across the world will know your name. Exactly. And that struck me this time around, and I was just like, holy fuck. Yeah, it's super sad. And you just you can kind of see who Carissa would be, like kind of a yes. very just like regular, yes. you know, probably not too extraordinary person. I'm sure she was nice enough, but like yep. but just life was never treated her that great probably and was she was a little rough around the edges probably went a little bad for her here and there had kids young mm -hmm. and then dies young and like it, it's a very human story and like I, yeah. I think it, it's always hit me my number eight sicko mode travis scott yes. one of the most fun songs of this decade i think um the different parts of this song keep it fresh keep it endlessly fresh yeah. drake with some of his best hook work or guest appearance work of any song um travis is able to tap into what people in the year 2018 2019 want from their music it's he, short attention spans it's hooks it's just like catchy little one-liners and then we're done it's literally just parts that yes. sometimes don't even try to fit together in a in a way that like has seams no it's it, not but, seamless. It's the opposite it, of seamless. It, you can see it. You can see the scenes. They're a little. It, they may as well be different songs. But no, this yes. is sickle mode. It's sickle these little mode. song ideas. Eh, so good. Uh, your number eight. For uh, number eight, I put the tallest man on earth. The wild hunt. Nice. Um, there's no song that, as soon as I hear it, more immediately triggers nostalgia and more immediately triggers hopeful melancholy mm. in me. Mm -hmm. And like, you pick the drawing of the lines. You could pick a number of songs yeah. on this album. It's another opener. It's it's. Yep. I think it's the best song on the album too. Yep. It it, it just it's perfect, beautiful, exactly what I always want out of the tallest man. Feels like fall. It oh, feels like fall. It really, in lot, really in does. a lot of ways, in yeah. in every way that that represents. Uh, my number seven. I have a more perfect union by Titus Andronicus. Oh, nice. This is <laughs> Bruce Springsteen for. 21st century depressed dudes. <laughs> it's this, like, hey, I love rock music and I'm I'm sad for no good reason. <laughs> this was on my list and, and got bumped. Yeah. Um, but love it. And it's it's incredible for all the things you and, just and, said. And like borrows a lyric from Born to Run, Tramps Like Us, Baby We Were Born to Die. Yes. Is is the updated version of that, which is absolutely true. My number seven, we heard it already. Grimes reality demo. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, yeah, man. The more wow. I thought about it, it's like, I mean, in, I think Art Angels is like a pretty perfect album. It was in my top 10. I think it was number five or something like that. Uh, yeah. It was way, it was way up in my in my top albums of the year, of the decade. Um, the reality version on that is good. Reality demo, I think, is great. This one's better. It, it, it <laughs> is better. And it like, I think the little bit less production is to its credit Agreed. in a lot of ways. I think it's the best hook she ever wrote. And I think it's like the best sort of melody just sort of sifting through like waves of electronic noise this that she ever accomplished is one of the only songs you can actually hear um her lisp on yes i didn't know she had one for a long time which it doesn't matter like who cares no she can you can occasionally you can hear it on this song yeah which and i it, think is interesting and yeah. speaks to like the more minimal like production on it yep uh my number six i have kanye west with gorgeous okay i couldn't not pick gorgeous i struggled kanye was one of the last artists that i picked he was another nominee for most difficult he was like in my bottom five i was like i'm at 95 songs i still need my kanye it's very interesting you picked that song i almost picked runaway i almost picked new slaves yep i ended up going with gorgeous because it is my favorite on twisted fantasy I think Kanye's rapping has maybe never been better. Yeah. I think his verses are legitimately like well thought out and smart. And the filter he's rapping through sounds so good. The Kid Cudi hook does its thing. The guitar sounds great. Um, and, and, and this was really my gateway to this album. Um, when you recommended it to me, this was the song where I was like, whoa, this is like something different. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm kind of always down to listen. Um, yeah. It so, has aged very well. Yeah, like I, I could have gone with so many other songs. Obviously, I think there's much more popular picks, but this this is my Kanye. Yep, it's aged like a fine wine. Yep. Number six, I have Casey Musgraves with "Love Is a Wild Thing." Yes. Uh, my favorite song. Off I was my, interested to see which one would be your pick, and that's what it is. It was my favorite song off my favorite album of last year. What I ended up with, I think, is my fifth favorite album of the decade or fourth. Yeah, fourth. I think I just said that two albums were my fifth favorite album of the decade. <laughs> Um, Love is a Wild Thing, I think. I don't think it's even close to the most popular on this album. I think it's like, like there's several that are. Yeah. Butterflies, I think, is more popular. Slow Burn. Slow Burn is, is more yeah. popular. Um, there's a bunch. Yeah. This has always been my favorite. The, the lyrics hit me in a, in a really sort of big way, even though they're like, they're pretty simple on their surface. Um, anyways, it's just the moment on the, on Golden Hour that always kind of hits me. Into our top five now, Jake. Yes. My number five. The House That Heaven Built by Japan Droids. Oh, nice, nice. Um, you know, we talked about it on the album's podcast that summer of 2012 was the exact right age to be getting into it. Uh, on top of that, it fucking slaps. It's yeah. like so this type of song. It's the best version of this type of song. It's incredibly anthemic. Um, makes you feel shit. Maybe not so much anymore. But still, there's certain times when I listen where I'm so like, yeah, the house that happens happened built. There's still that the awesome story of how the singer it was out of his vocal range and he just yes. willed himself yes. to scream it out. Yep. And his the vocal performance you could tell this song is so good. Uh, number five, I have Helicopter by Deer Hunter. Um, it is we talked last time about that the Deer Hunter Halcyon Digest sound. I think Helicopter best captures it. I think it's the most interesting song on here. Um, Bradford Cox's voice and the melody of this song is so catchy and haunting mm -hmm. and the subject matter being about someone who's been through human trafficking and being drugged all the time and what that life is like is like I didn't even know that until I knew this song for like five years it's I know even more now, haunting now 
is it called helicopter because they're about to be like thrown out of a helicopter now they're they're done with me or now they're I, through I, with me i believe that's what you told me about i it. think that's true that's what i read i think that's that's the case pretty horrible jesus christ yeah a, hor- a horrifying Whew. thought uh but an amazing amazing song off an amazing album um so good so good my number four fleet foxes mm-hmm Helplessness Blues. Wow, I thought you were going to go Grown Ocean. No, Helplessness Blues. Um, this would have been my second pick. The more... So I, I had a, an amazing listen to this a couple weeks ago, and I realized this song actually probably means more to me now um, than oh, it did even then. Yeah. I think this song speaks to real life and adult issues and finding your place in a world where... Um, you know, I think the term snowflake has become overdone and Yeah, it almost out. makes that lyric tough to, in, in today's context, makes that lyric a little tough. I, I thought that, but I was also like, you know, I think there's an element of truth to that where everyone is kind of told, like, you're special, you can do whatever. And then you have this moment as an adult where you realize maybe I'm just a piece of a larger whole yep. and I'm... Some great machinery. And honestly, I think about that, and I think about the second half of this song where he's like, you know, like the, the orchard part, you know, I'll, I'll work till I'm sore. Yep. And this this idea of like a quieter, maybe more fulfilling life, but that like you kind of know you'll never do. The lyric in that that always kills me is, in, and you'll wait tables and soon run the store. Yeah. Which is so simple, like a simple life type and, of thing. And, and that all reads like a fantasy in a yep. way. Like that won't happen. And no. I think this song is representative of a place that a lot of people our age are at and I think is representative of the 2010s in a way where people are just kind of forced to find their way in a world that we thought would offer something a little bit more than it did either because you're told that from a young age as a child Mm -hmm. or because the world just is unfair or kind of changed, whatever it might be. I think this song is so representative of this decade and people our age. That's an excellent take, and it's all. I I think that that was very nearly my Fleet Foxes pick. I'm glad it was yours. My number four is Kanye West with Gorgeous. Yeah, we met on <laughs> this one. Yeah. Um, I so uh, you said a lot about this song. I'll I'll summarize it briefly and just say, this is always the moment where I know I'm listening to my beautiful Dark Twisted yes. Fantasy when I when I get into this album. I think Dark Fantasy was my favorite song for a long time. The opening track. Um, all the reasons you said the song just sounds so cool um and it's really when you know the album has like arrived and you think about the fact that two excellent songs have gone by and you still have like basically all the hits to go so like i this is my favorite kanye song of the decade love it my number three video games lana del rey okay um i could have easily gone with venice bitch here which i think is almost just as good but this song was my introduction and everyone's introduction to Lana Del Rey and it might as well be called nostalgia yeah right for like its sound and what it's trying to do but also when did this come out like 2011 2012 something um, sometime around there video games yeah i think out, 2012 uh, um, 2012 yeah that's what i wrote just no song has captured a feeling better than this one has it's everything Lana Del Rey aspires to be it's everything we love about her um and yeah what a mood just what a mood this song is it's so good that it actually ruined Lana Del Rey for me for years where I couldn't appreciate how good she was because of how much I was hoping it would live up to video games and like she has started to and I think she always actually sort of has yeah 
in different ways. Like I didn't understand that she could. She was versatile. She could do some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three, Frank Ocean, Chanel. Wow. I think it's his best song. Amazing. I really do. I um, I, I thought about thinking about you. I thought about self control, um, which is my favorite song on Blonde, which is my favorite album of the 2010s. Um, I think Chanel is an even big. I I think that this song is like pretty much perfect and what I want out of Frank Ocean. And the fact that it's a single means I've listened to it just on repeat, time after time after yes. time. Um, so many good lines. My guy, pretty like a girl. My guy, pretty like a girl, and he got fight stories to tell. Um, the the my pocket snug. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, rubber band like the <laughs> Delta bunch gift thousand dollar Delta gift cards. Yes. Yep. Um, it's just like it's God, literally yeah. line after line. Frank hooks. Yep. It's like and it set the tone for what was coming with Lens and Provider and Biking, Biking. and DHL Biking, and songs like that um, where you put those together and you've got like a Frank EP that's up you there with do. any album that came out yes, this decade. I would agree. I Chanel would, set the tone for that in a way that I think is amazing. I, I agree. And uh, there's a Frank song coming for me. At, you know, I haven't mentioned Frank yet. Obviously, there's still one coming. Okay. Um, we'll, 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 get, we'll get to Frank in a second. My number two... Uh, this might be a bit of a surprise. Chromatics, Kill for Love. Whoa, okay. Very interesting. The more I realize... That is a little bit of a surprise. This song's been in my life since 2012. Um, this is basically a perfect song. Yeah, it's incredible. The synth tone that's happening here, the way it's structured, the hook, the lyrics. It's everything you kind of want in a song. It's a very basic idea. Kill for Love. That's something you'd hear in pop songs going back 50, 60 years, the fact that our music system is so broken that a song like this didn't end up being a smash hit <laughs> is an atrocity. <laughs> and I I just, the more I was like, you know what? I'm always down to listen to this song. Yeah. It's been living on playlists for me for eight years now. I've listened to it more than almost any song. Like it just, it just made sense. And I was like, huh. Yeah, it ended up at number two, but it it just makes sense. Yeah, it makes the, sense for the, me. This song made by nominees, it's not on my list ultimately, but when I think of this song, I do think of you, and I think of like hearing it in context where you yes. are playing music. Yes. It's a, it's an amazing song. It's like, it is, I never got that into the chromatics, but I, I this song is awesome. I actually love that that's your pick. I feel like that's a very honest way to yeah, go. Yeah, that's, that's what I felt. With the pick, which means, that's interesting that Frank Ocean is going to be your number one. Let's not say who it is yet. Okay. Uh, or what it is yet. Um, my number two, The National, Blood Buzz, Ohio. Wow, yes. So we picked the same song. I thought for a second about Lemon World. Yep. Um, but I went with Blood Buzz. Uh, High Violet is an incredibly important album to me. I think this song is like a is a is just a perfect distillation of everything you want The National to be. The drums sound incredible, booming, I think perfectly recorded. Matt sounds unbelievable vocally on this. The deep... The, the the deep register of his voice was stunning the first time I heard it. I, like you talked on the last podcast about like not knowing that music like sounded like this or that people really yeah. sang it like this. Yeah, I felt the same way, and I remember seeing the music video for this where he's like in a suit, kind of yes. like dancing alone yep. in just like a gray room. Yep. It's black and white. Um, this song struck me from that moment, and this album and song have been really important for both of us for this whole decade. And I felt like it needed to be represented yes. in that way. 
because this is sort of the song that kicked off what was one probably the best rock band of the last ten years. Exactly for me, I completely um, agree. I, I think it's like a I think it's a pretty perfect song. Completely agree. The lyrics too, man, so good. The, the the I mean it's it's a cliche now, but I was carried to Ohio in a in a swarm of bees. I I, I never thought about love when I thought about home. Yes, like, yeah. I still owe money wow. to the money to the money I owe. Yeah, the way that sings is so cool. You know, and that's the other thing too. I think a lot of people our age are kind of like deal with. Yeah, I still owe money to the money to the money that I owe. Like that's. I think that's just a reality for a lot of people. It totally is. And yeah, yeah I think it's an anthem of sorts. Um, which leads us to our number one, my number one. It is Frank Ocean. I ended up going with Nights. Nice. By Frank Ocean. Yes. Um, this would have been in my top five of his. Could have picked really a number of Frank Ocean songs. I think Chanel. I think Biking. I had an amazing listen to Biking the other day where I really listened to lyrics about like first wedding that I've been in my 20s thinking maybe someone's not someone to own thinking maybe the feeling just comes and it goes and I was just like holy fuck yeah. and almost picked biking went with nights I think the multiple parts of this song speak to something like a sicko mode or speak to like where music is kind of going mm-hmm. so I think this song is representative of Frank I think it's representative of music yeah, and yeah. where we are at right now I think it's representative of what it has become this decade and what it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about that with Blonde in our album breakdown podcast last week that Blonde did that. Blonde became representative of what music is and what we're all kind of looking for yeah. without even knowing it. And I think Nights kind of like nails that. I love this pick from you. Um, I think that it is in some way, it's not, I wouldn't call it my favorite song off Blonde because self-control is, but I think it's the most Blonde song on Blonde, yeah. and it is like, defi- I think it's his most listened to song on Spotify. I think it is. Or it's in the top two. It has like over 200 million yeah. listens. Yeah. Um, and it is really interesting. It's kind of, I think, like Blonde in that there's several different ideas that, musical ideas from the start to the end of yeah. the song that kind of go into one another, and, and it goes to all kinds of different places. Love this pick. I think yeah. that's an excellent yeah. an excellent selection for number and one. I, and I figured, like, you know, it's so hard to rank songs. Um, what's one that I always just love and know I'll kind of always love and be able to listen to? And, and Frank Ocean and Nights just felt right, especially, like you said, the, the run of singles he put together, maybe was like a buttress to, to Nights for me, where I was like, well, God, it's I can't pick just one of these. And I was like, well, let's just pick a Frank song, because, like, let's be honest, he had the best collection of songs, pound for pound, this decade over... Like, if you just look at volume and percentage of, like, did he knock it out of the park... Frank knocked it out of the park on a higher percentage of songs than almost anybody this decade. I mean, you could argue he literally didn't miss. Exactly. I mean, unless you're... I mean, Nostalgia Ultra, I've listened a couple times. It feels like there's a couple things on there where it's like, eh, okay. But if you look at Channel Orange up through Blonde, Endless, there's probably some moments that are less essential. But I don't think there's anything so terrible. Um, I agree with you. I, I love that pick. My number one. Is the war on drugs thinking of a place? I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. This is. I love it. Uh, I sort of couldn't believe it when I picked it. It, it. it seemed like it should be one of the others that were in the list. But the more I thought about it, um, you know, when this came out, I listened to this song like 40, 50, 60 times, <laughs> yeah. and it's eleven minutes long. 
Um, I've had a lot of good, meaningful listens with friends to this song. Um, it is just such a vibe. It's not one that like moves you that much lyrically. It's it, it's not one that you'd necessarily even on first listen think that's going to be the pick. But just like the tone of the guitar mm-hmm. that's achieved on this, the guitar solo is oh, one of my favorites of yes, all time. It's me like too. an absolute. I think it's like kind of a masterpiece of soloing I in agree. a slow v- yeah. vibe and groove. Which is, and I remember... Us, and tone. Uh, when we were talking about this song a, a couple of years ago on the podcast, we were saying this type of guitar solo is our favorite. Yeah. And it, it's an exercise. It's some There's restraint. Yeah. It's restrained playing. The notes count. A um, little bit of David Gilmore style thing, but a little sloppier, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. It just like, it moves me. I listened again today to verify... I saw you listening, and I wondered. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to verify. I was like, is this right? Yeah. Should this be yeah. my favorite song of the decade? And it's interesting because this album and Lost in the Dream, neither was on my top 100 albums of the decade list. Right. Um, which is interesting because, I mean, I really think that um, A Deeper Understanding has some huge peaks. If it, Honestly, oh, yeah. if it wasn't this, it was going to be Stranger Thing. Thing. Yep. Um, but I realized... This had to be the one yes. from the War on Drugs, and originally it was just in my top fifteen, and then it was just in my top ten, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, ah, just, "This, this is, is it. This is and, the one." And I think um, for us, when talking about songs, yeah, this lived on its own as a song in our life for, for a so long, long time, to the detriment of the album. And exactly, exactly, and it was detached from that album, and it was detached from an album in a way that. A lot of songs on our list, or especially in our top ten, were not detached. Like Nights, Frank Ocean, that that is so tied to Blonde, and Blood Bowls Ohio is tied to High Violet. Whereas Thinking of a Place, yes, it's on a deeper understanding, but in my mind, that always lived as an individual song, and I think there's a value to that, and I think it makes sense that it would end up being the top track for you. Yeah, I was okay. I was interested when you when you said it. Honestly, I considered it. I was like, would this could this be honestly anything in the top ten on a certain day? Probably could have been my number one. I feel the same way. Um, yeah. I think a lot of these songs from like the top fifty down could have been in, in any order. Yeah. And, you know, same. But it's really hard to rank songs. It, it it's is. hard to rank anything it in is. a way that feels objective. But but um, yeah. So that's my number one. I think very very interesting lists. Very diverse lists. Yeah, actually, pretty different. A nice snapshot of what we listen to the most. Uh, this decade so this this has been very very fun to break down the decade in music break it down in culture stick around for the after show pre-show where we talk about our top 10 tv shows and movies of the decade this is a packed episode you basically get two for one here you really do um and i say you as in the one person listening the, the listener yeah the, like literal listener the one listener uh but hey thanks for listening for anyone who stuck around this long we will be back in december yeah with our annual best of the year pods. We're going to do... This is going to be like four in a row of like... Four in a row. I forget. I think we, we wrote up a schedule. I forget if we wrote, built in a week off. I think we did. We'll have to see. I think we said next week off, maybe. But we'll double check. Yeah, we'll double check. And, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Alright man, we're on. We're on. On the mic. So I had two little things before we get into our real pre-show thing. One, 
Uh, I had a physical yesterday. Oh, boy. Um, went totally fine. In fact, big, big news for me. For the first time, someone granted me six feet in height even. This is a big W. Never go back to the doctor again. No. Never get your height taken Again, he's all downhill from here. I'm in my late twenties, and the truth is, is that we all we all believed. And you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to thank my family and my friends. I'd like to thank you, my genetics. I'd like to thank everyone who's been involved in this yep. journey of me going to the doctor every year and being measured at five eleven and three quarters. That's some bullshit. Though. It was bullshit. Now I will say, the nurse seemed a little. Uh, tired and like she didn't really give a shit. A little holiday cheer. Yeah, she literally asked me. She was as she was measuring it. She was like, "How tall are you?" I was like, <laughs> "I think six even." And she was like, "She did it quick." She was like, "Yeah, six feet." I you was, got that hair buffer going yeah, for well, you. Well, she pushed it down though. Oh, she pushed down to the scalp, which okay. I feel is kind of bullshit. Um, Why am I not as tall as my hair is? That's how I appear. That's true. And it's my body. That's a great point. You know, like, so are you saying that someone who has like a fucking foot high mohawk, they're they're now seven feet tall? There should be, I think, reasonable parameters put in place okay. for this. My hair, which is styled in sort of a quaff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's it at half an inch. Yeah, yeah. Of of well, on a good day, it's more. Yeah. Can, yeah, we're looking at an inch right now. I can really push it up. Yeah, <laughs> really quaff it. The point is, is that she didn't do that. She yeah. pushed down to the scalp, still gave me six feet. Um, I was not as happy about the weight, but we're going to leave that aside. Okay. That, um, you know, I, I think you take your wins where you can get them. Yeah, you do. So that's totally fine. Uh, yeah, physicals are very exciting. What What else you got? Uh, that was it. I think that was the big thing. I thought I had something. I don't think I did. Do so we can get to our let's thing. okay. So you know we're winding down the decade here, Jake, and I thought it would be fun if we were to do our top tens just very quickly for TV shows and for movies. Yes. We can both count down decade. from ten. Um, so my TV shows one is pretty locked in. I think I, I I made a real effort this decade to like really watch. A lot of television shows, and I think I have good takes on the state of TV and these particular shows. I agree that you do. Mine will be probably less locked in than yours, and probably less interesting overall, but I have ten. Movies, um, I, I, I think I started out the decade really strong, because we were working at the movie theater. That helped. And then slowly over time, I think I saw less and less. Like, there are movies out there that I know I would love, yep. that I just never saw. Like, Birdman is one. Yes. And, like, there's others that I'm just like, yeah, I know I'd love that, and just never got around to it. So, my, my top ten is less of, like, a, hey, I'm, like, up on fucking movies and know exactly what I'm talking about, and more just, like, here's some interesting ones I want to throw out there. Okay. You know, more, more like memories or like personal picks. How do you um, want to start? Did you want to kick it off with TV? Let's kick it off with TV. I, I'll, I'll just, I'll quickly do my 10 okay. and then you can do yours and we'll move on to movies. There's some overlap, I think. I've seen your list. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so my number 10, I had Succession mm-hmm. slipping in here at number 10. Now, I had a lot of nominees and ones that just missed the cut. Let, let me shout out a couple that, that I think Succession is actually better than. I had Parks and Rec mm-hmm. not making it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, not making it. The Good Place, not making it. Um, comedies, I think I weighted a little bit differently yep. than dramas or, or more serious shows. So those didn't make it. Um, True Detective just missed it. Now, if this was a list of best seasons of television of all time, 
it'd be very or of the decade it'd be different because season one of true detective would be very high up there okay yeah Um, that's gonna be on my list and i did it just for season one yep season three is very good season two might as well not exist in my opinion it's bad um but season three is is good uh game of thrones missed it legion which i thought was an incredibly creative and interesting show um sometimes a little too much like pushing the envelope i think uh just missed it the americans just missed it better call saul just missed it and then Mindhunter just okay. missed it okay. so succession i put at the 10 spot um because those first two seasons are just so so strong mm-hmm. i think this will be a show uh going into the next decade that will continue to get better and will maybe be an example of a couple that we have up at the top or I have up at the top that started in the previous decade, ended this decade. Mm-hmm. We'll get there in a sec. You're my number one boy, Sean. <sighs> Thank you. No, my number nine, I have Black Mirror, actually. Okay. okay. Um now I think we out here. some of those other shows I just mentioned, like The Americans or Better Call Saul, are maybe more consistently better. But the highs that Black Mirror reaches and the thoughts that it provokes for me is just so exciting, so interesting. Takes TV and, and I think really pushes the medium to what it can be. Um, mm-hmm. A modern day uh, what do you Twilight, call it? Zone. Twilight Zone. Thank you. Uh, my number eight, I have The Leftovers. Mm-hmm. A tight three mm-hmm. season arc here about loss and pain and what it does to people. And I was absolutely devastating watch and kind of like the apocalypse right if i remember yeah sort but of. it's less about like why did this ha- well it's like half the world got raptured or something uh, it's like three percent of the world but that actually ends up being millions and millions and millions uh, shit of, ton people. of people yeah um and it's basically like the world after the fact and it's very interesting because watchmen this season also written and, mm. and created by damon lindelof who, who did the leftovers Deals with a lot of the same ideas. Uh, the Leftovers is kind of like the non-IP. Well, no, it was based on a book. Never mind. Um, so also based on something, but very, very interesting. Very good show. Uh, my number seven, I have Halt and Catch Fire. The story of a group of people um, in the 80s into the 90s. Um, part of the technology and internet boom and kind of their story from... A fledgling PC company to like more like literal internet and search engine companies. One of the most human and lifelike arcs of a show I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way it gets into their lives. Very, very good. Great performances all around. Number six, I have High Maintenance. If you want to talk about human shows and human stories, look no further than High Maintenance. In a sense, an anthology series with the loose thread of the guy... Uh, a weed dealer in New York City uh, interspersing throughout other people's stories and lives. I've, I've only seen one episode of this. I can tell I would love it. I Highly keep, recommend. I, I fucking going. love this no show. I've watched it like three times through because it's just like so so rewatchable and good. My top five here, I have Veep. Um, this show is even more poignant and, and biting now, given the, the state of things. I don't know what you're talking about. The state of things have not changed meaningfully <laughs> since the show started, have they? No, no, not at all. I, I've heard people say that Veep is much more true to life in terms of what politics is really like yep. than shows like House of Cards or really any other show about Ooh, politics yeah. or you know West Wing, any of those. Veep is actually much more true to life, which I believe, uh, sadly... My number four, I have Mr. Robot that is wrapping up its fourth season right now. And I have to say, wow. Yeah. This, 
the thought that went into a four-season arc for a character or characters, if you want to go that far, um, has just been so impressive, devastatingly uh, emotional on all fronts, while also being beautifully shot, incredibly creative. And I mentioned with Black Mirror, it kind of pushes the idea of what TV can be. This really, really does that uh, as well. Same with my number three, which is Atlanta. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. only had two seasons, and it's my number three. Really speaks to the quality of that show, and that's another one that's really pushing television. It's incredible. uh, Into new directions. It's the one I have the most memories of watching with you. Yes, yes. And that is another reason why it ranks so high. It's very, very important. And then the top two are, are pretty much like... They were locks from the start of the decade. My number two, I have Breaking Bad with seasons three to five. Season three started in 2010, and then mm-hmm, it wrapped up mm-hmm. with season five. And then I have my uh, my number one is Mad Men, uh, which had seasons four through seven in this decade, which yep. in my opinion are the strongest run of the show. I think season four and five are the two best seasons of that show. Um, in the way that it wraps up, I, I think was excellent. So basically two perfect TV shows up at the top. Um, and then Atlanta still going um, as, as my third. Very nice. Yeah, so my list will be less comprehensive. Um, I watched, I think, a, actually a fair amount less TV than you did. But I have 10 shows. So for me, at number 10, I have The Good Place, um, which is a comedy that I found like took me by kind of surprise last year in how much I enjoyed it. Um, nine... Always Sunny, season mm. 6 through 14. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a crazy run that that show has yeah. been on. Um, and I just feel like some of some really good episodes are still in those seasons. I think season 6 is one of the best seasons, actually. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's like excellent. 5 and it, 6 there, are great. There's some all-time great episodes scattered throughout season six. all these last eight seasons. Very true. Uh, number eight, I've only watched one season and one episode, but I already have Succession. Yeah. Because it's fucking incredible, yes. and it's like very compelling, and I just like, I know I'm going to love season two. So, I, I actually, I like Succession more than Black Mirror, The Leftovers, Halt and Catch Fire. Honestly, like, it would be just after Mr. Robot, but I'm digging it because it's still so early in its run, and I think it has That's room fair. to grow. Listeners so. should know that your list is more thoroughly vetted than mine. Mine is like... These are 10 shows I loved, and this is how I'd rank them, mm. even though I haven't finished all of them. Uh, seven, I have Fleabag. Um, yeah, that se- was one I considered too, but... Seasons one and two, that's all I have so far. Excellent show. So, uh, qu- quickly on that, um, I enjoyed season two a lot more than season one. I love both. I've heard people say that, but I love both. Like, one was good, Yeah, but I was like, I... this. I, She's not, very hateable in I'm season one. I'm not surprised that show didn't blow up. After season one. No, I'm not like, necessarily all, either. I, I really, season really... two is one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen, though. I, I totally agree. It's a, and it's a much more compelling and interesting yes. story with, with the main character and the priest and all that stuff. I think you do need season one yeah, for season two to hit in the way it Season does. one is like, it's the foundation. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, and you meet all the characters and you get to know them. You get to hate them because like yes. almost all of them suck. Oh, my God. Um, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge in like what I think is like a pretty masterful performance oh God, throughout yeah. the entirety of that show. Uh, number six is Better Call Saul. I still have to watch the nice. most recent season. It's um, so good. Love that show. Um, Bob Odenkirk is excellent in it. If there's a knock on it, it's that um, 
it, it moves awfully slow in terms of the pacing, and I think that that has been a problem at times throughout the course of its I, run. I would agree, and that's why, as good as it is, it didn't crack my top ten because it's still seen up until this last season. It was still stuck in like season one Breaking Bad mode, where yes. it's like, all right, let's like, I get go. it, I let's get go. it, but come on. I still got to finish season four. I'm sure Dude, we're on great. season fucking five now of that show, and I Have feel like started it barely yet? anything's happened. I'm behind. Either way, I love it. It's Ex- very good. Excellent performances good. in that. Uh, season, f- I'm sorry, uh, number five, I have True Detective season one. Yes. Um, didn't watch two or three. Don't really totally care to. Uh, loved season uh, one. Season three, worth it. I'm sure it's fine. I just, maybe I'll watch it. Season one, I think, is a crowning jewel of the decade in TV. I felt it should be mentioned. It um, is. Number four, I have Game of Thrones. I think it's a nice. monumental achievement yep. of like entertainment and TV. And like I, yep. I think the last season like basically sucks. Yep. I think that the seasons leading up to that are not great. Yep. I think that seasons like one through three are very, very good and yep. among my favorites I've seen. And I, I will say that like um, it took me a couple tries with this. I tried starting it twice and didn't keep yep. going and then finally did a binge. Um, and and there are some really thrilling moments in the in, over the course of Game of Thrones. There there's no hide like a red wedding high. Yeah, that right. is like if we're if we're talking about seasons or moments or things like that. Absolutely, I, I did ding it for that last season especially. It's really bad, it, and it ended pretty horribly. That was a tough tough landing to stick yeah. though. Yeah, a show that's like fair. that. Um, number three, I have Atlanta. Hell there's yeah. maybe no show I enjoy enjoyed more purely, or was more just sort of like. Locked into its trance. Yes. Um, Donald Glover, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, excellent, Zaz- excellent, Zazie Beats, excellent cast, and you've seen these these people blow up oh, in yeah. movies. Yes. This is a side note, but one of my favorite things to do is watch old movies like from the 90s or the early 2000s and see which character actors are being called from TV. It's so fun. And that, like, if when we look back at 2019, 2018, 2020, we'll be like, oh man, remember Atlanta? Like, Keith Stanfield <laughs> yes. was in a lot at this period. Yes. Yes, like, Zossie Beach in Joker. Like, speaking wow. of, I really want to see Uncut Gems, that Adam Dude. Sandler movie. We- have to go see. I think that movie's going to be amazing. It looks so good. Kevin Garnett's in it. Uh, number two, you know which two they are. I'm holding for the suspense factor. I'm going Mad Men seasons four and through seven at number two. Yep. Breaking Bad seasons three through five at number one. It's basically I, a toss-up. It's a toss-up. I think Mad Men is more rewatchable. Yep. I think that it's more my speed now. Mm-hmm. I think that Breaking Bad seasons three through five, when they were going... Um, it was the most compelling thing I've ever seen on TV. First watch of Breaking Bad is the best show of all time. It's probably. incredible. Yeah. Um, it's dinged a little bit when you know what happens, yeah. but it's still so fucking good. But as an experience that it was intended to be, Correct. there's no show that does no. that thing better. Uh-uh. It makes like the drama and violence of a show like that, and they do it in such a procedural yep. way. Yep. It's excellent. Oh my god, yeah. Um, do you want to do TV? Great list. I mean, movies? Great list for Thanks. Yeah, I you, think you I think for, for, you know, maybe not seeing as much, that was still a very... Oh, way, way, like, way less. Quality, quality oh, thank, Yeah, there's no... But thank you. Uh, so my movies is going to be more like that. Like, I, I missed a lot of great movies. Um, I mentioned to you beforehand, like, Birdman um, is one that I know I would love. Yep. A couple... Um, Notes on this, uh, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think, is one of the greatest directors and filmmakers of all time. Um, he had three movies this decade, Inherent Vice, Phantom Thread, and The Master. I liked all of those mm-hmm. in very different ways. 
I have not seen The Master since we were like 20 years 20. old and I was too young and to understand it then. I need to go back. So for that reason, I, I, gu- I almost guarantee you if I rewatch The Master today, it would be in my top 10. Mm-hmm. I can't in good conscience put it in. Of those three, Phantom Thread, Inherent Vice, and The Master, I think I maybe enjoyed Inherent Vice the most. Interesting. Okay. Highly recommend. So none of those made it on with the caveat that like they are probably all deserving. Few other um, snubs here or nominees, honorable mentions uh, that did not make it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Whiplash, Moonrise Kingdom, Boyhood, Melancholia, a movie I still think about to this day because mm. it's so dark. Good Time, starring Robert Pattinson. I just saw that a couple weeks ago. I've Could not it, recommend I've heard more. It's awesome. Black Swan, Sicario, Blade Runner 2049, Argo, Inside Lewin Davis. Ex Machina, and Drive. Those were all nominees. Wow, Wow. okay. Here's the top 10, Jake. Number 10, I have Toy Story 3. I will never forget the first time I saw this movie. We were graduating high school. The Boston Celtics were in the NBA Finals playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. We had just watched a devastating, devastating Game 7 loss. So devastating. We got robbed that series. That, to this day, is one of the hardest sports losses I've ever encountered. Do you remember what we did right after, Jake? Went and saw Toy Story. We had the employee showing of Toy Story 3 at Cinemagic. Lifted our spirits. It really did. And this hit us at the exact right time in our lives. Andy was going to college. We were going to college. Yep. If it wasn't for all of those things aligning on one night, it would not be in my top 10. Andy lost some toys. The Celtics lost an NBA championship. (laughs) Everything lined up. It seemed made for Um, us at that time. And and you know, I, I... Remember back when the toys were like going towards the incinerator? I was like, oh, they're going to do it. Like, fuck uh, yeah, Pixar. Imagine that. They didn't. But like they made you think they would for a little bit, which I think was awesome. My number nine, I have Inception. That came out that summer of 2010. Great Leo performance. My Probably my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, maybe? No. Eh, Prestige. I don't know. It's up there. In, incredibly rewatchable. I think there's plenty of holes you can poke in it. it. Look, it's a big blockbuster, but it's a smart blockbuster very um love that movie number eight i have the wolf of wall street i think scorsese's best this year you know i wasn't gonna put silence in my top 10 so it had wolf of wall street was the one what's the verdict on silence at this point good but a punishing watch very i will never watch it again no but it is good it's very good and an important story i think number seven i just rewatched this one last night with kara she had never seen it i had only seen it once I have Francis Ha. Okay. Written by Greta Still Gerwig, directed by Noah Baumbach. Basically, the story of late 20s people living in New York City trying to figure out life and where to live Love and it. who your friends are, and was incredibly poignant and spot on, I think, to this time in life. I watched it when I was in my early 20s, didn't have the same impact as it did that when I watched it last night. It's an hour and a half, it is so tight. Big Woody Allen vibes. I saw also, we did a double feature. I saw for the first time uh, Annie Hall. Holy fucking shit, that movie is a masterpiece. Really? Have you ever seen it? No. Oh my God. Really? It is so good. I've never seen almost any Woody Allen. I saw Midnight in Paris. Jake, you would adore this movie. I bet I would. Adore it. When did it come out? Like 75? Yes, 75. 
It's so fucking good. Well, okay. All right. All right. Um, we out here. Number six, Under the Skin. I have never seen a movie quite like this. I have never seen this movie. Watch it. Scarlett Johansson. Not a role you'd necessarily picture Scarlett Johansson in. This movie's fucking weird. It's an art movie. It's But it, like, hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommend Under the Skin. Five, I have The Big Short. Uh, yeah, that's a good all sorts of stars in that. Hey, big shout out to um, Jeremy Strong of Succession fame with a supporting role in The Big Short. Actually, I didn't realize. Remember, that. he's like the he's on Steve Carell's team. He's like one of the data guys. Whoa, that and makes he's sense. He's kind of like a hard ass because uh, Succession's a McKay show. That is correct. Yeah. Yep. So I have The Big Short at number five. Number four, I have Burning. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Really. Um, this is a South Korean film. Um, um, I've heard about this. About <laughs> the twists and turns this movie takes is unreal. It's basically about like growing up and finding your place in the world, but it's so much more than that. Um, an amazing, amazing scene, soundtracked by a Miles Davis song, mm. uh, with a little bit of uh, mind-altering substances involved. Ah. But but even outside of that scene, this movie's a masterpiece. Um, burning. Number four. Number three, I have Arrival. Uh, this movie... That was a nominee for the me. The twist here, I really didn't see coming and was legitimately shocked by. I would have to see it again to remember it. I love this movie when I saw what it. And it, what it deals with, I, I think, is, is fascinating. We just um, got lightning, by the way, in what I think is a freezing rainstorm. Jesus That's Christ. crazy. Happy Thanksgiving, all. Uh, my number two... Moneyball. Yep. Is that fucking thunder? It is thunder. That's weird. I have Moneyball at number two. Incredibly rewatchable. Uh, I will never forget when we kind of rediscovered this movie in a shitty hotel room. Um, the one highlight from that particular trip, for me at least. Uh, Was this the the race? Yes. Ah. Yes. Yep. Yes. And my number one, I have... The Social Network. Okay, interesting. Um, we actually have the same top two in the same order. Amazing. Okay, yeah. David Fincher. Uh, I think his best movie, my favorite by him, and I think that movie has even more weight and importance given the what what Facebook has turned into, honestly. And it portrays Mark Zuckerberg as this complicated, kind of shitty guy, and yeah. I think we've only seen that play out accurately yeah. and like to. Honestly, terrifying degrees um, as totally. the decade has worn on. So Social Network is my number one. Agree. I'm going to rip through honorable mentions because I have a lot. Okay. Okay, ready? Yep. Here are my honorable mentions that didn't make it. Lady Bird, The yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, Love and Mercy, the movie about Brian Wilson, mm. played by Paul Dano and John Cusack, Phantom Thread, Moonrise Kingdom, Gone Girl, Birdman, Dunkirk, yeah. Arrival, The Big Short, The Favorite, Waves, which I just saw last weekend, yes. Sick, Crazy. Really crazy. Have you seen it? No. Seriously, try to know nothing about it before you okay. go in. Because there's okay. some twists and turns. Okay. Star Wars The Force Awakens, which was the most fun I had at the movies the entire decade. Black Swan, 8th Grade, Argo, and the one that just missed my top 10, The Master. Nice. Okay. My top 10, number 10, I have Get Out. Yeah. Um, which was um, Jordan Peele's debut. I think there's maybe no bigger buzz movie from this decade. And um, I didn't... I had no idea like what this was going to be about when I went in, um, or you know, because there's definitely some weird um, 
sort of twists in the story here as well. Um, I think that Allison Williams as the sort of like deranged girlfriend in this movie is awesome. Um, and the premise for this movie I think is incredible. It's one of the... I like horror movies that are like interesting more than they're scary. Yes. And that's how I feel about this. Also funny. Um, I, so when I was making my list, I looked at a lot of end of the decade lists. And that was very high up on basically every single one. And it was the number one on many lists I yeah. looked at as well. It's better Deserving, than, It's honestly. better than Us for sure. Which I was okay, I didn't dis- see a, us. a little disappointed by okay. if I'm being totally honest. Fair. Even though I didn't want to be. Number nine, I have The Town. Okay, I considered putting this on. But I was like, well, these other ones are just better i think the town i I think that you enjoy the town as much as i do i think that i think it's better than you think it is i love this movie and have loved it every single time i've watched i i I love it too yeah but to me it it, it's not like a it's a normal ass movie which is like why it's so good very widely acclaimed sean dude it's endlessly quotable Good performances. Renner is unbelievable. Yeah, in it. Ben is. Affleck is is yeah, good. Yeah. I think Blake Lively is good in it she too. She is. It's one of the most rewatchable movies I've ever John seen. John Hamm is like the biggest asshole in the world in it, which is like to his credit. John Hamm is great in this movie. It's not gonna be me and you and fucking Shine. <laughs> yeah, you care about Shine. All you care about is Coke and fucking playing an Xbox. <laughs> Don't come at me and tell me all of a sudden you care about Shine now. <laughs> they threw bottles at you. We're going to hurt some people. I can't tell you who. I can't tell you why. You can never ask me about it again. Dude. Whose car are we taking? It'll be like one of our sunny days. A pretty obvious clue. This movie is endlessly rewatchable. It's so good. And for that reason, it's in my top ten. That, that's in my nominees. I, I meant to put that. It's there are, in my nominees. There are a few movies I, love I enjoyed more. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Whiplash. Yeah, yeah, that was. I yep, so love this good. fucking movie. Miles Teller as a drummer, J.K. Simmons with one of the craziest, yep. uh, most intense performances I've ever seen. Um, I there's there are few movies like even like thrillers that have had me as gripped and on the edge of my seat as this movie. I remember I went to see it with my brother, and he is a drummer. And at one part during the movie, Miles Teller's character drops his sticks, and my brother was literally like gripping the edge of his seat and like could barely watch at that part of the movie and I remember being like hell yeah like mm-hmm. the, this movie is is it, it hits the right notes number seven the Grand Budapest Hotel yes um, for my money and this is I think a hot take I don't think a lot of people agree with me I like this movie better than Moonrise Kingdom you know okay so I, I was talking to Kara about this yesterday because I was talking to her about my top ten list and for the Wes nominees. Anderson movies I said because she's like my, you know, I, I brought up I was like I think Jake likes Budapest more than Moonrise Kingdom She's like, you know, my mom likes Grand Budapest Hotel the most, too. Here's my take on Wes Anderson movies. They're all so good. And they're all of such a high quality. It is basically dependent on your mood that day and when you saw it, which one you end up liking the best. If you saw Moonrise Kingdom on a good day, that'll be your favorite. If you saw a fucking Grand Budapest Hotel on a bad day, eh, you won't like it as much. But it's basically like all the movies are just like... The same level of incredibly good and high quality. I think that I just enjoyed the aesthetic of Budapest Hotel a little more. I love Moonrise Kingdom. I definitely considered it. Um, I think Ray Fiennes is excellent in this movie. Excellent. Um, Number six, Bridesmaids. This was my favorite comedy that came out this decade. 
I've rewatched it so many times. I, I was going to say, how many times have you seen Bridesmaids? So many times. I've only it, ever seen it once. Whenever it's on TV, Mary-Kate and I watch from whatever scene we're at until it nice. goes on. I think it has actually a lot of heart to it. Yeah. Um, good performance from, I forget, I'm going to forget the Irish actor who plays like the boyfriend guy. Saoirse Ronan. Uh, it's not her. <laughs> this is a man I'm looking for. He might even just be British. He's excellent. Is Chris, it Hot Priest? No, different guy. He was in like the IT crowd and some of those shows. John Hamm's hilarious in this too. So good. Hey, fuck, buddy. <laughs> um, and Kristen Wiig is just amazing in her role. Like the scene when she's on the airplane yes. and she's drugged. Yes. And she is like talking to the the airline, the like the steward, <laughs> yeah, or the flight attendant or whatever. And he's like, she's like, "What's your name?" Is it, it, she reads his name tag? She's like, "Stove." He's like, "No, my name is Steve." She's like, "Are you an appliance?" He's like, no, I'm a man. <laughs> and my name is Steve. And the amount of times she tries to sneak back yes. up into first yes. class. And one point she's like, it's not me. And he's like, yes, it is you, ma'am. <laughs> I think that I love this movie. It was the hardest I'd laughed yeah. at the theater like in the last 10 years, I think. Number five, I have Boyhood. Um, yes. Just like a... a I think a masterpiece actually, and I, it is rewatchable despite the fact that it's so long. It is very rewatchable. We had a good rewatch yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, I think just an incredible concept that was pulled off really well by Linklater um, of filming this f- like fictional family over the course of what would it be twelve years from yeah. the time he's six till he's I eighteen. Think so. uh, number four, I've Inside Lou and Davis, the mm. Coen Brothers movie about the folk scene in New York and the. Uh, 60s, this was a, a really good one for me because I took some of the music from it and have enjoyed a yes. lot of the songs. from The high watermark for the Coen brothers this decade, I think. I haven't seen Buster Scruggs. Very good. It's very good, actually. Okay. I, I recommend it. Number three, I have Moonlight. Yeah. Loved Moonlight. Um, I think the performances are heartbreaking. Yep. From some, Mahershala Ali is excellent. The yep. kids who play, um, I'm forgetting the main character's name, throughout the movie are great. The story is heartbreaking. Um, I think especially of the three acts, the first two oh, are know. just incredible. Yeah, so I, I, I loved Moonlight as well. It was probably my one of my favorite Best Picture winners of, yeah. of this decade. And I think, um, yeah, those first two acts are devastating. I think as much as I loved it, it was almost too... Sad. Yeah, that's fair. Or like too real. Yeah, and it's very real. And I, I think that on rewatch, I even enjoyed the third act more. It's yeah. subtler and there's not as much that goes on. Right. Um, but it's also excellent. Um, another thing really quick about Waves that I just thought of is um, awesome music in Waves. Okay. Good cool. amount of Frank Ocean. Oh, really? Kendrick. Dude, the music is great. When Animal, did this come Animal out? Collective. This came out... Um, like a couple weeks ago, Whoa. it's gotten a lot of buzz. It in theaters, and the reason I went to see it, we saw it in Boston. Mary Kate and I just decided to like take a night and drive down. Nice. The reason I like really decided to commit to go seeing it is Bill Simmons on his podcast said that it's one of his favorite movies he'd seen in a long time, and you should wow. go knowing nothing. Wow. So I did okay. that. I was like, Mary Kate, let's not look okay. up anything about this. Nice. And really, really good. I don't want to like oversell it. Okay. Uh, number two, I have Moneyball. Number one, I have the Social Network. Very nice. All Very the nice. same reasons you said. Cool. Um, cool. Cool. Great yeah. lists. Yeah. Great lists. What a decade for culture. It's been great. What a decade for culture. Now we have much longer lists yes, to go through. Yes, we do. This is going to be very fun, though. Do yeah. we want to maybe do a quick pause? For a piss break? P- yeah, go ahead. Maybe. Let's okay. do it. All let's right, do it. let's do that. Uh, I'm going to get up my albums list. 
Oh, no, my songs list. All right, so you can count down the three, two, one here. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Happy Thanksgiving, world. This is a, a good podcast. This is a good, good mood. Big mood. Mm-hmm. All right, are we ready? Yeah, let me pull this list up. Okay. Oh, man, this is an interesting list. They're, they're, oh, I, I'm so excited to break this down. Mine was done. Okay, let's go. We'll talk about okay. it on, on the thing. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. 